Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minis and Movies episode 23. I'm John Spencer from More Than Dice, and I thank you all for listening. If you're a patron, I double thank you for helping support the main podcast, keep us going, keep us in good equipment. Uh, it is actually fairly expensive to keep this stuff going. Uh, I mean, not horribly expensive, but uh, you guys help defray the cost and make it uh, much easier to do and much more worth it. So thank you all from the bottom of my heart. And uh, Ron, all right, a little bit of a mixed bag this week. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, crazy formats and sportsmanship. I'm going to talk about Navy Seals as our movie. And I might have a rant in the middle of it. We'll see how I feel. So uh, let's get started. Uh, I am drinking some uh, Jim Beam uh, Jim Beam Cherry mixed with Dr. Pepper, as is my want, because that's what I want to drink. I enjoy it. And it was that or chocolate milk straight up. And that's a little hardcore for me. So let's start off with crazy formats and sportsmanship. So, I played at John Con this past weekend. I know. Be shocked. There was actually War Machine games going on. In fact, that's all I played all weekend was War Machine and Watch Machine, but that's part of War Machine. It's a subset of Watch Machine and a perfectly valid game in itself. But, anyways. So, the format was Caster Draft, which is very cool. If you guys have not played it, you can actually purchase the cards yourself off of uh, Card Vault, which is Drive the Drive Through RPG's uh, card purchasing system, where you can also get cards for other games and all, but... They're there. I don't think they're expensive. One of my locals just bought three packs, so we've got enough for 12 players, because it's four players per pack. And it was very cool. Um, just to recap, because uh, I feel like recapping it here, it'll be on the main cast also, but my caster ended up with... Uh, so they start off pretty much standard sixes across most of the board um, with uh, def 15, armor 15, and six focus. Uh, and 30 Warjack points. So I ended up with plus 2 Mat, plus 2 Rat, and plus 2 Focus. So Mat 8, Rat 8, and Focus 8. I had Future Sight as a generic ability. Uh, Weapon-wise, you start off with a pistol and a sword. Pistol is range 8, POW 12. And the sword is POW 9. Uh, you draft weapons and uh, spells and feats in addition. There's a generic feat that is plus 3 armor to all, your model, all friendly faction models in your control area. Pretty cool, like mini striker feet. Uh, some people actually played with that rather than trying to uh, do do anything more impressive. And uh, spell wise, let's go weapons. Weapons, I ended up my melee weapons were Wrath Rock, which is crazy good, and Lola, which is extra crazy good. Now I should point out at this point why wow, how I got such a rich you know combination of stuff. You'll see more later, is because we did part of it for charity. John Con's a charity event. He took one card out of every pack, the best card he thought. And he opened it up for raffle. You know, you had to bid on it. So I bid tickets, since I was very generous with my money and got a lot of tickets. And uh, got uh, sort of like a food machine event with the tickets and all. And I got uh, several extra things above and beyond what my cash normally had. So that's where Lola came from. I was happy with just Rathrock. Lola, Lola made it so that I was fucking deadly. Uh, my ranged weapons were Car Sloan's Rifle Spitfire, which is range 14, POW 12 Weapon Master. And then I also bid on Thagrosh's Spray, which is Spray 10, uh, POW 14, Automatic Corrosion, uh, or Continuous Corrosion, which is pretty good. So with all that said, you're like, oh, what else could he possibly have? Well, funny you should ask. Uh, the spells I drafted were Hellfire, uh, Curse of Shadows. Now, or not Hellfire, um, Hexblast Curse of Sh and Curse of Shadows. Hexblast will remove an upkeep if you hit. And Curse of Shadows is a two-point armor debuff, and you also can move through the model. And we'll be able to take free strikes and all, which is pretty cool. And also, I, I drafted a little spell called Batten Down the Hashes. Pretty good. And then uh, I bid on Deceleration. Now, I couldn't even cast all these spells because they were all expensive, but that's a hell of a, hell of a, a combination of spells. 
Most turns, I just cast uh, Batten and Deceleration and said, yes, yeah, shoot my gun bunnies. They're armor 23. This is not important, but that's what my caster ended up with. Super fun. I'd actually love to play a journeyman with this, and I might try and convince the locals to do that. We'll see, though. I think they're kind of set on trying to do a regular journeyman, which would be odd, but hey, it is what it is. Maybe we should get one of those going. In any case, so I end up with crazy good stuff. Um, I played against Kovnik Scotty Potty, if you're listening. Hey, hey, Ron. In round one, and he had some crazy stuff, too. He took armor buffs galore to go with his, uh, to go with his uh, Mana War, which was... You know, man, armored up men of war is fucking scary, and he had one for each of them. It was for each of his three units. It was pretty terrifying, to be honest. Um, ended up winning that game, but we had a solid, solid game. Uh, ended up winning the scenario, and then round two, uh, my opponent had chose instead to spend tickets and chose Haley two from Mark one as his caster. He didn't like what he drafted or didn't care and just wanted to do something else, so he had Haley two in Retribution. He had Major Strike Force and Invictors, a Phoenix, and a Banshee, and one Mage Hunter Assassin solo. So, uh, I threw out my mercenaries with, you know, 8 to 10 gun bunnies. I forget how many it was. It was only 50 points, so I think it was 8 gun bunnies. And he runs up his Major Strike, moves up his Major Strike Force after I move first and run up. Moves his Major Strike Force up, starts shooting, and realizes that, you know, he starts doing the math and realizes that his Major Strike Force, even with extra die, are no credible threat to my gun bunnies, and he's a little worried. But he goes up there, he does some CRAs, since they got CRA now, which is very cool, honestly. Some of the abilities they've given rep models is cool. CRA makes up for the fact that they can't ignore upkeeps. Um, yeah, it probably keeps it fair. It lets him hit him. So he did some ping some damage on my little gun bunnies. And then he was fairly certain I would not use uh, my feet, which he didn't mention, which is Shay's feet, Godspeed, which gives everyone a 3-inch move with Pathfinder, a 3-inch, you know, and no freeze tikes. Uh, and I used my feet because he thought I wouldn't, and I just pushed everything forward. And I literally, I took his mage hunter assassin off the board. I killed all of his, all of his strike force with my various guns, even though they had stealth, just got sprays and in range. And I think I even killed his phoenix because that's just how things were going. My gun buddies were able to just put, you know, spray shots over a ton of guys, and they just hit and kill, hit and kill. At that point, he realized he was lost, but. Like a true sportsman, he continued to play. He didn't go, oh, let's stop it. He just said, let's continue to play. He, you know, we were on the stream. We played, and he stuck it into the end. And then at the end, he gave me a handshake, said, good game. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I don't think this uh, list is right. He's like, yeah, probably not. But, you know, it is what it is. This is an event. So I thought that was very noteworthy and worth talking about is, you know, keeping yourself sportsmanlike even after a shit game like that. Um, now, in a friendly game, that's maybe not okay. Maybe halfway through, you go, okay, this is terrible matchup for me and this is not going well let's re-rack or find different opponents and or and you know talk out real quick and then go um but in an event like that where you know you're only going to play like two or three games you you stick it out you play your game and then you say good game because it's it's a crazy format you're not going to see this all the time i'm not going to have a caster that egregious ever in mercenaries especially not a dwarf so you don't need to worry about that so you just play it out have a little fun and say oh you know it was interesting you know it was it was a thing that happened. Probably won't ever happen again like that. And you just, you know, be a sportsman because it's a casual event. For example, uh, the next round we had the two winners on the stream. John and I, Menos John and I were commentating. And we opened it up so that if anyone wanted to affect the game, they could donate money and affect the game. Which is something we had done on the role-playing stream the night before. And it had worked very well. I'm not sure it worked quite as well on the game. People were asking for some crazy stuff, but... We did occasionally have things. We let other people do re-rolls. Uh, I'd get split my remaining tickets and give them to each player so that they had equal number of my tickets to use. 
to defend themselves versus the stream. And some cool stuff happened. You know, in one round, the uh, the Kator player had all of his um, destroyers turned into Grolars, and uh, the Rep player had his Hyperion turned into Helios. But you know, it wasn't. It was they just shook it off and played it in stride. Um, that being said, we did turn down a couple unreasonable requests, but that's okay. But they both kept going and kept sportsmanlike because you know it's a fun event. It's not meant to be serious. It's not serious business. There was not much riding on this event. I won't even tell you what the prize is. It doesn't matter what the prize is. We had a fucking good time. They had a good time. This did some stuff. Had some crazy do this and this and this to finish the game out. It was super cool. And, you know, it's important to note. You, you're supposed to get some crazy stuff. You're going to have some crazy stuff. Just keep a little head. Don't be like, ah, oh, shit's broken. Well, yeah, it's broken. It's caster draft. It's supposed to be broken. That is to make the most broken caster you can. And that's what it is, especially with these charity events. You have, like, a uh, food machine. If, people just, if someone brought money and or cans, a ton of cans or money, and just has, like, all the tickets in the world, he's re-rolling everything and making you re-roll, don't sweat it. Just smile and re-roll because it's a charity event. That means he gave a lot to charity, and that is the end goal. The game is just a bonus to that, and you do what you can. I mean, I've lost to re-rolls. I've lost to crazy, you know, oh, I brought uh, a behemoth with, uh, you know, some army that really should never have a behemoth, like Signar. Here's my arcane shielded behemoth with, you know, fucking Cray, so it gets boosted shots all the time. God, that's pretty terrifying. But, you know, doesn't happen much. Just suck it up and drive on, as my buddy used to say. Uh, you know, it's there for the charity. Sportsmanship, always important. Uh, that's not to say sportsmanship isn't important other times, but it's extra important to a charity event because it's for charity, you know? Nothing on the line, just be a sportsman, you know? Say good game, don't grumble about what happened, it's just, you're just rolling dice having having fun. It doesn't matter. Some of the guys there were the best sportsmen I've played and seen play, you know? Dominic Scotty Potty was a great sportsman, we just chuckled about stuff, like, wow, that's crazy, you know, that's that's silly stuff. You know, the day before I played a regular game against uh, Dan VK from uh, Beer Machine and pretty much handed him his ass. But he just said, oh, you know, I learned a lot of stuff about this. I see how you scalpled that out. I see that, that, that. Just sportsmen. It's just fun, you know? So you're going to meet people better than you and just learn something from it. Don't worry about it. Just be a sportsman. Too many times sportsmanship is going the way of the dodos because it's win at all costs. And it's never win at all costs. Unless you're fighting for somebody's life, it is not win at all costs. And let's be honest, this is a miniature game. You will never be playing a miniature game for somebody's life. You know, sure, if you're War Machine Weekend, you want to give it your best, and you got to give it your 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 best, and just keep playing, but don't ever make it too much about the winning. Keep your sportsmanship, good game, point out things that are stupid that they should know and remember in the heat of the moment. You know, you know, you forgot to activate this model. Did you want to activate it? I don't want to win like that. Like, oh, you left your caster out of kill box, you know. Sometimes they're like, yeah, I meant to. Or, you know, hey, did you read it was Killbox? Mention it once or twice in the thing. Maybe go through the, the, the scenario packet beforehand and go like, hey, there's Killbox in this one. Or, you know, you forgot to activate something. You forgot to allocate focus. Little things like that are sportsmanlike. Um, that being said, you know, some people are like, well, you know, I'll offer it. And then if my opponent doesn't do the same for me, I won't do it again. That is entirely your right. Uh, but I don't think being a sportsman matters how my opponent is being. I will be the better man. And unless they're just being an absolute douche and I'm no longer interacting with them, interacting with the game, I will absolutely offer them, oh yeah, by all means, allocate your focus. I don't want to win because you forgot to allocate your focus or you forgot to reave your fury or you forgot to, you know, leech your fury. I don't want to win like that. I want to win because I played a better game. 
Now, sometimes people make mistakes. They're like, oh, crap, you know, I forgot that guy had stealth. Um, I forgot this, I forgot that. There's a lot of things you forget. Basic game mechanics should not be something that surprises somebody. You know, like, oh, you know, if they, someone mentions a plan that literally cannot work because of the rules of the game, I will say something. Like, oh, I'm going to power strike this thing over, you know, over your, over something. I'm like, well, there's a wall there. You can't slam it through a wall. You know, that's, that's a basic rule of the game. They've told me their plan. Um, I know what's going on. They, they've given me a chance to, to you know, comment on their plan. Because it's not like I'm going to stop their plan, you know, at that point. It's their turn. But sometimes being a sportsman means giving your opponent, you know, a leg up. I don't mean you're, like, you're not giving them an advantage. You're just letting them not forget basic rules that are part of the game. So think about that when you're playing the game and trying to be a sportsman in all things. We can't let sportsmen get away from us. That is what separates us from the beasts. Uh, and by beasts, I mean, jokingly, Magic players and 40k players. That's not really true, but that's the joke. That separates us from the win-at-all-cost players who are, you know, I don't want to say the scum of the earth, but they're not the best people to hang around with. All they want to do is win, push your shit in, they don't care. Uh, I want to play a good game. Um, I'm happy to disassemble somebody if that's the way the game goes. My opponent's playing his best, and the dice just conspire that I, you know, disassemble his army and, and crush him. That's okay. My opponents are usually sportsmanlike. Um, if you're getting a little salty, tell your opponent. Make sure they know, like, look, it's not you. I'm angry at me for making mistakes. And I'm angry at my dice for giving me the middle finger. I'm not angry at you. You're playing your best game. It's okay. That kind of communication and, and everything will go a long way for making the game, you know, impressive. You know, it's like it says, it's, and it's okay if you're not at, you know, if you're in an event where someone drove or flew a long way to get there and that's the only event, you you got to play it out. I hate to say that. But unless this opponent's really being the biggest douche of the world, you have to play it out. Because that opponent is trying to get a game in. You know, he went all this way. Um, otherwise, you know, if it's a big con and there's other games starting soon, see if, you know, like, hey, do you want to end this here? Can I concede? Do you want to concede? You know, that kind of thing. You're not being arrogant. If the game's decided, sometimes you have to ask that. So keep that in mind. Keep your sportsmanship high. And we'll all have fun. And we'll all make this a better Better gaming, not just this game, every game better for everyone who plays. Um, so there you go, rantless somehow, but uh, that's my thoughts on sportsmanship, especially in weird formats. Now on to our movie section, which I'm going to talk about Navy SEALs. Now, Navy SEALs is a 1990 military action film um, directed by Louis Teague, who did a whole lot of fucking nothing besides this. Um, I think his, uh, what was his uh, filmography? Alligator, Cat's Eye, Cujo, The Jewel of the Nile, Dukes of Hazard Union, Navy Seals, and Wedlock. That's not exactly a sterling film career. Um, the Jewel of the Nile is enjoyable. And in fact, I think his directing style probably works better with that than it does with uh, Navy Seals. But, you know, there's that. Uh, Navy Seals stars Michael Bean and Charlie Sheen. Uh, technically, Charlie Sheen gets first billing. Uh, I actually like Michael Bean better in it, but that's not really a surprise. It also has the late great Bill Paxton, Ron, or Bill Paxton, and Rick Swasevich from Top Gun and B-Movies Everywhere fame, and Joanne Whaley-Kilmer, who uh, played Sorcha in uh, Willow, and then eventually apparently married uh, Val Kilmer and got divorced <laughs> as the romantic interest. And so this is a weird movie. Somehow, this movie is 80s as fuck, or 90s as fuck, without actually being from deep in the 90s. Normally, movies of this time 
are more of the decade before. So like a 90s movie feels more like an 80s movie. This movie feels like the 90s encapsulated together. So it's uh, really strange like that. So yeah, it's got uh, a lot of music mixed with, mixed with score, which I think, you know, the 80s started, but this really feels kind of 90s with their choices and all. Um, they try to give the characters good arcs. Um, uh, Michael Bean's arc is a, is a romance with the reporter played by Joanne Waitley, um, which is interesting because it actually serves the plot. It's not just romantic interest. You know, it shows him researching her book because she's the only one who knows about these bad guys. <clears throat> and they try to get information from her, and, you know, there's some sparks there. They don't go too, too far. Um, you know, he's trying to be honest with her. He's obviously, you know, the good guy. He's the Captain America type and trying to uh, catch the bad guys. Uh, Charlie Sheen's arc is, uh, you know, he's a hothead action junkie, and he gets one of his team members killed. And his arc is realizing that he can't just do all that, and... Uh, He's got to be uh, more thoughtful at what he's doing. Um, he doesn't really get an end to his arc. In fact, no one really gets an end of an arc. It ends... Now, it ends at the obvious point, but it ends sort of partway through all of their arcs. Except for Dennis Habert. There's a young Dennis Habert in here, too, and his arc is getting killed. So Charlie Sheen can see his arc through. Um, so it is interesting. It is half realistic and half not. Um, I would say it's half Michael Bean and half Charlie Sheen. Um... So, uh, here's my notes, some of the notes I took. Um, Charlie Sheen wakes up drunk face down on the beach. His best acting ever. I mean, it looks like actual Charlie Sheen waking up drunk on a beach. And then they're like, oh, you know, where's, where's the chief? We gotta get him to his, his wedding. It's in 30 minutes. That's, you know, come on. Better screenwriting. You could say, you know, he's getting married today. That's good enough to know, like, look, you're waking up drunk and you gotta get him to the, to the fucking chapel. Because they don't make it a point of have to rush or anything. There's no payoff for that extra line. It just doesn't make sense because no one would be that stupid. Um, I note that at 6.45, reality leaves the movie. Uh, that's when Charlie Sheen, sick of this, you know, getting married talk, that's crazy talk, I'm going to be single forever, I'm a hothead, love him and leave him type of guy, and he jumps out of the Jeep on a bridge into the water. I'm like, yep, and reality have jumped out with him. So for the rest of the movie, you have half sort of decent military movie, a bit heavy on the recruitment side, all the guys, are, you know, they're selling it pretty hard, especially with this period of uh, Michael Bean's character, which Ian Wheatley, walking through, you know, the Navy SEAL training center as he's showing her around, just trying to be like, hey, I showed you some stuff, help me. And then uh, the other half is Charlie Sheen being absolutely Charlie Sheen. Like, you've seen this movie now, you back in the day before Charlie Sheen went all tiger blood on us, you watch this movie, you're like, oh, okay, you know. That's that's good acting. He's acting like a crazy guy. And then you watch this now, and you're like, ooh, that's not acting, probably. That's probably Charlie Sheen. You know, his car gets towed because he's parked it on the fairway of a golf course where they're all acting like assholes. And I should point out that, like, back in the 90s, maybe they were like, oh, these are all bad boys. Look, they're playing polo with golf carts on a golf course. They're renegades. Just blowing off some steam. No, those are called assholes. Those guys are assholes. Yeah, so those guys are assholes, and Charlie Sheen, uh, you know, back to the point of that, is his car gets towed, so he, you know, rides, steals a bike and rides up behind it, and, you know, sneaks onto it because he's a super steel guy, and takes the takes the <laughs> the tow truck selector, and and <laughs> manages to steal his car back without unhooking it. It is so unrealistic at the five subscription, and and so half of this movie, it encapsulates half this movie, 
And that's really the problem with this movie, is half of it is super military, kind of cool. The other half is Charlie Sheen being batshit crazy. Has some interesting action scenes, but there's no one scene I'd say like, oh, watch this scene, this is Navy SEALs. There's no one scene that encapsulates it, and that's kind of its problem. It's a real mixed bag. Pretty enjoyable. I enjoy most of the people in it. Uh, the characters have names. You learn most of their names by the end of it. And you're sad when the ones who get killed get killed. Uh, and it is fairly amusing, but it's standard 90 schlock. Apparently it has a low rating on Rotten Tomatoes, something like 19 or 20%. And that's really unfair. This is pretty middle-of-the-road action. Not great, not bad. Um, I'm going to give it about three shots of crack, and it's not quite as good as my barometer for action, which I generally say is the last stand with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is a vintage two and a half. You know, realistic enough that it's enjoyable, nothing really stupid, but nothing to hang its hat on, and this is much the same. Uh, in fact, the, the, the dialogue is occasionally terrible, the realism is occasionally horrific, but there's some cool military moments. Um, a better director could have taken this and made this more military, less silly, and it would have been a much better film. Another director would have taken it to absolutely batshit crazy, and it would have been a better film. So there you go, Navy SEALs, uh, three shots of Kraken, reasonably enjoyable, free on Amazon Prime, I'd give it a shot. So, next time, episode 24, we're going to talk about From Paris with Love, which is a movie I haven't seen, so I don't know how this is going to go over. And for our miniatures topic, Shrug? I don't know. Maybe someone will throw me a uh, idea. If you want to throw me an idea, it's... Uh, at John O. Spencer on Twitter, John Oakland Spencer on Facebook, and John Oakland Spencer at Yahoo.com. Plus, you can find me at More Than Dice. Hit us up on Facebook. Give us a like. Throw me some messages. I'm back in the War Machine game a little bit, so you can throw me some dojo, and I can do some sober dojo for you guys. Uh, preferably Mercs, Ret, Minions, or Circle. But if you really want me to take a look at any unit, I'll spotlight any unit you want. I've got the entire War Room there. I might even take a look at Crucible Guard. In fact, Notwithstanding anyone else, I'm going to take a look at cool Crucible Guard units to use in Lely's Resistance. Uh, I actually might even take a look at the Lely's Resistance theme in general. I don't really necessarily like themes. In fact, I fucking hate them in general, with the exception of regulars. But at least that and Kingmaker, uh, that Kingmaker and Lely's Resistance seem okay. So I will spotlight Lely's Resistance and see what units you may want to look at with what caster. Uh, so anyways, thank you for listening. Hit me with ideas. And until next time, Ron!